Create with Fran Sidney. Hello everyone, welcome to my show. This is Fran Sidney and I help people to create the life they want by using a few mind hacks to gain more confidence, to be less anxious and to really enjoy just how many years you have ahead of you, maybe 20, maybe 50, maybe 80, it doesn't matter. There is always something good that we can do with our life. So, what are we going to talk about today? This is episode 105 and why not talk about self-confidence and the lack of it? Because you know guys, what's happening, That if you look at the statistics, you know, you look on the web, you look in studies, and apparently between 60 to 80% of the population at some point suffers from low self-confidence, which of course can result in a lot of problems. So we might lose this confidence after very particular adverse events. As youngsters and adults, we may lose more and more confidence, especially after tragic events, very difficult, challenging situations, for example, divorce, being bullied, failing at something, losing a job, or maybe because we just keep gaining weight. Whatever we do, maybe we had an accident, we've been abused, maybe we were married to a narcissistic partner who has emotionally damaged us, or maybe we lost a loved one, or we cannot win anything, no competition, no test, you cannot pass anything, we have low grades and we keep thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Or maybe we just grew up in a family where we are always under a huge pressure to be perfect, to be the top of everything. And so now we feel like, oh, you know, I can never please my parents. Whatever this is, what happens is we get this feeling of being scared. We are tired of trying, we feel insecure, we might feel anxious or negative, or even fall into a deep depression. So there are a host of negative emotions and they will follow us and affect us, how we're going to feel, how we're going to act and how we see our future or the lack of a future because we'd rather stay in our comfortable cocoon where everything is familiar than do any changes because we might fail. Of course we all have problems in our life, at certain points we have challenges, sometimes we develop some resilience, we go forward, we move on. Other times, we sometimes are getting stuck, so we have kind of a vicious cycle. So the more confidence we're losing because of an adverse event, and the less we're willing to try something new, because we really don't enjoy the idea of failing again or being hurt again. And we might even become emotional zombies, detached from something in particular. We might be avoiding social situations. We don't want to meet new people or date new people. We don't want to change jobs. We'd rather keep our really bad unpaid job or whatever, but we don't want to try for a new one. We don't want new friends. We don't want to go out to a new place. We're not committing to anything because we are terrified. You know, I can't just do exercise for a month. I can't go to the gym. I can't start a new hobby. No, I'm just going to go bad. This is going to be bad. And that's it. I know that. So this is happening when the fear of pain is bigger than anything else, even the hope of a reward. And I wanted to start with saying we're going to give you eight signs that show that you are lacking self-confidence. You do not need to have all of them, just two or three. 
and 10 tips to get out of this stuck situation. So I wanted to start with a quote by a psychiatrist who is also a writer of very good books and his name is Neil Burton, Dr. Burton. And here it is, I'm just going to read it as it is. People with low self-esteem tend to see the world as a hostile place and themselves as its victim. As a result, they are reluctant to express and to assert themselves. They miss out experiences and opportunities and feel powerless to change things. All this lowers their self-esteem still further, sucking them into a downward spiral. So maybe this is you, or maybe this is one of your friends, or perhaps you are on the lower scale of this, you're not having this huge situation, you're right in the middle. So how do you know if you are actually lacking self-confidence? So here are eight signs, there could be more of course, but I'm just gonna give you eight so you have a good idea because sometimes we don't understand that a person's actions are reflecting this lack of self-confidence. As I, as I research this topic, I realize, wow, sometimes I demonstrated that in the past. So it's useful even for me to review what self-confidence really means. So number one, the one thing you will notice about a person who doesn't have much self-confidence is that you are fearing failure. So because you fear that you're not trying to reach any goal, because you don't think you can possibly achieve it. So in a particular field where you think, that's it, I'm gonna go wrong, no achievement is gonna be good enough, you're gonna have a constant sense of failure coming from your past. And so, because you have fear, fear of pain, then you don't try anything else. Number two, you make a mistake? No way. You made a mistake, you are now consumed by the mistake. You keep worrying about it, you keep talking about it, it's always there in your head, you're not moving on, you don't correct it, but you keep saying, oh, I've done this last week, last year, 10 years ago, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah, should have done something different. And you just keep going on about it, you'd never stop. You are stuck in the past. All my examples are coming from research. One is, you can't say no. So, logically, you know that people like you, they appreciate you, they love you, logically. Subconsciously though, you're always looking for a reason to give them so they will like you because you say yes. So you're a yes man or a yes woman and doesn't matter how overworked you are, you might have deadlines, you might have things to do, you might even be eight months pregnant, it doesn't matter. You're just gonna say yes to everyone so they're happy and you're pleasing all these people and doesn't matter where you are, you're gonna have to run like crazy, you might even faint, but you're gonna say yes. If you can't ever say no, there is a problem where you're thinking, well, do you really think that people are gonna hate you if you say no for once? So it's a big question and that is very, very easy to fall into the trap of just saying yes, yes, yes. Number four, you are quite apologetical about yourself, quite a lot. So if you, for example, have an opinion or you speak your mind, you're sharing your emotions, you feel like you have to kind of frame it as if you're asking for a favor, you're apologetical, you don't want to have a big impact on the others because of your opinion, you want to be very, very much, you know, minimizing this impact so you don't hurt them, you don't crush them or anything, you're very careful about expressing what you think. And this has nothing to do with being diplomatic, it's another thing, it's being apologetical about what you think. Number five, you constantly need to be reassured in that field where you have failed. So even if maybe you need to share something with others, 
You are sharing it because you want to make sure that your way of thinking is acceptable. I also have clients that keep coming back to their mom all the time, to their dad. And the mom and dad are 60 and 70, and they keep going back, but mom, what do you think of this? Mom, what do you think of that? And they think very highly of his judgment. And if a mom doesn't agree, they're like, no way, I can't do it because my mom would not like this. And it's like, wow, why you don't have confidence you can make the decision? And they really can't. And this leads me to number six. You cannot make decisions. It's just too hard. It takes you ages to think, to deliberate. You have painful hours about the topic, even weeks ruminating on the matter. And it doesn't matter what you do because here you're thinking that whatever you choose is going to get wrong. Because, you know, in that field you always go wrong. So you can't really commit to any direction. Even you can't go to stop something or continue something. You can't because it's going to be wrong. It's going to be wrong. So maybe you, you might be stuck in your job for years and years and years. You don't like it. Don't like the money. Don't like the boss. Don't like the field. But because you're familiar to the situation, you can decide to move. Because when you move to another job, you're like, oh my gosh, what if I fail of this? Maybe I don't have any friends. Maybe my pay is going to go down. So you keep going stuck, getting stuck in the vicious loop of thinking. And therefore, you can't go forward. Number seven, you become extremely vulnerable to criticism. And I'll talk about that after. Because this comes from a study that was written by McKay and Fanning in 2015-16. So I'll be talking about that later. And number eight, but final, is you do not like to ask others for what you want. You're not assertive. You just want them to kind of guess it, but rather you'd rather not say anything. You just want them to do it naturally, so you don't ask. So you might end up with a lot of problems because people cannot read your mind. So if after um, checking up this little list you think, wow, I've got two or three of those aspects, well, maybe you might want to know what are the tips that science gives you, that psychologists gives you, give you for getting better at this, for building up that self-confidence. And because, um, you know, if this resonates, there are things that will make you very unhappy if you continue to think the way, because you're not going to live a life you want of a life that other people want and that is so miserable isn't it so there are things you can do straight away to rebuild that shattered self-esteem let's go through them so number one you want to start asking yourself when did you start feeling this way in this particular field because you might be full of self-confidence in one field and without any confidence in another field so self-esteem comes from how we think of ourselves and how others treat us and what is going on. We blend it all this, we make our perception, our beliefs, and then we decide what we think of ourselves. So, did your self-esteem fall, decrease, when you fail an important test? What was going on in that period? Whatever that is, sometimes it's just a small thing, sometimes it's very serious, and it's impacting your important decision and your small decision in your life. That's the point when you say, right, I'm going to have therapy, I'm going to see somebody, so you can move on and get unstuck from a painful memory that is holding you down, that's making you think, oh, well, this happened and that happened and therefore I am a failure. My second tip is to start talking to yourself with a new voice, a voice that is loving, that is kind, that is positive. And this will be so much easier after you had therapy. 
because it's not in contention with the critical inner voice. So most of us have a lot of pain that is very well hidden, it's buried deep down inside our soul from something that happened maybe many years ago. And that is a main cause that can create this negative chatter, this depressing view that we have of our chances to have a good life. So the fact is to remember that you had problems, we all have problems, but despite these problems, we remain unique, special individuals, we have value because we are human beings. And so we are worthy of being loved and being appreciated. We are worthy of getting a good life, of building that life. So if we start talking to ourselves in a kind way, we're going to start seeing ourselves under a different light, a light full of possibilities. My third tip, please do not underestimate just because it's number three, which is to learn ways that you can unwind, you can relax, you can take care of yourself because you matter. It's not just about the others, it's not about just pleasing the others. So whatever hobby, art, music, sport, physical activity, whatever, whatever helps you to unwind, to relax, it is appropriate and legal and that doesn't hurt anyone, right? Use that because then you can reconnect and when you connect to yourself, you can find joy because you know who you are and where you want to go. Number four, you want to connect with like-minded people. And I understand that a lot of people just want to help, they're there, but you have to reach to them. They can't read your mind and understand that they're looking for help. So if you need help, connect with people that think a little bit like you, have chats with people, just don't stay isolated because isolation is not very good. Number five, Maybe whatever happened to you was caused by a very particular event, by a person, by a failed test. So that's the time when you have to forgive yourself, forgive this person or organization. And please do not waste your very special time here on earth to replay the sad scenes that cause your trauma, your PTSD, your sadness. There is no way that you can get anything better by going by to, back to your past, rehearsing the scene, looking at every angle, looking at what went wrong and asking, oh, why didn't I do this? I should have done that. So just let go. Let go of the anger or the sadness or the sense of failure that you have experienced then. Mourn your loss. But after you've done the, the grieving, the mourning of your divorce, of your loss of a loved one, loss of your amazing job, then you need to allow the past event to remain where it belongs, which is in the past. So this past event is called past for a reason, it's gone. And let's go to number six. And I hope you're following me because I love all these studies that I read. And you know, they're just basic things, but sometimes we don't realize we're talking negatively about ourselves and our plans and it is number six so catch yourself when you realize you are talking negatively and you're fearing a failure before even having made one step so you want to change self-talk change it to neutral change it to positive for example you've been studying french for a year you're not getting anywhere and you start saying well i'm rubbish at french 
But instead you can say to yourself, well, I still have a long way with French, but I will get there. And they will give your brain, your mind, the time to think, oh, is this possible? And so they will work for you. Your mind, your RAS, your reticular activating system will be working to find your resources to solve the problem that the French is not coming to you. So be, be very aware of how you're talking to yourself into failure. I was in a divorce forum the other day because I had a client who's going through a divorce and wanted some help and um, she has several children and I wanted to make number seven a point for this. If you suddenly become a single parent because the other parent has left, you might be trying to compensate for the loss of this father or mother by saying always yes to your children so that you don't feel guilty because, you know, one mother maybe used to take the children to school, maybe the father used to take them to football, and now you have to do everything. And in the end what happens is, you're doing the part of two people, and you're alone, and it's a lot of work. And if you keep saying yes, 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 as a single parent, there's going to be a point where your children will be expecting you to say yes, always. And you as a parent, you will be risking a burnout. And a burnout will not be helpful to your little children to grow up. So you want to put first self-care because if you are empty, you cannot give. So if you're struggling, just say so. You are tired. You need rest. You can't do this today. Maybe tomorrow, but today you just can't. Because nobody will love you less if you just say, I'm just so tired. I can't do this. And healthy love has boundaries. Healthy relationships have boundaries. And this applies at work as well. There is a point where you have to draw the line and say, it's just too much. I can't do this. I'm absolutely burning out. And people have to listen to that instead of pushing and pushing. So learn what healthy boundaries mean in your life and start to apply them. And you will see a huge difference in how much respect you get from other people. Okay, and it's number eight. And this is based on the study from McKay and Fanin, which you can find, this is page 188. And it says, learn how to handle comments that might sound critical. So if you're feeling undermined, if you're feeling hurt, when other people share their own views with you, and you're becoming hypervigilant about any comment that might, might go against what you think is correct, then you want to think, oh, is this that I have? not a great self-esteem in this particular field and uh, McCain Fanning say in the exact words the trick to handling criticism is not to let it make you forget your self-esteem so don't forget your self-esteem that's the way to handle when you're criticized when you feel like you criticize because to be honest the majority of people when they're talking they're not trying to put you down they're just trying to help because all they're doing is they're voicing their point of view, which is the only point of view they can share because they cannot have your point of view, they can only have their point of view. And the fact is that their experience is going to be different. But the fact that it is different doesn't mean that it's wrong or doesn't mean that your experience is wrong. It just doesn't mean anything that you are jumping to. So their experience is different. That doesn't make you incapable in that particular field. So at work, this happens all the time when people do systems and we talk uh, about lots of stuff we can do in a particular way. When a newcomer is told, oh, this doesn't work, 
you have to do it. How I weigh any fields like, oh my gosh, I got this and I got a BA in management, I got this and that, and now I'm completely wrong. I'm get really angry with themselves, you know, but you're still good, even if you're still different from many people. So don't take everything as criticism of you. It's just that people see things differently. And there is a place where people have to just come down and see the, the thing and how would you handle this project? What do you see that is good in this? And just calm down and don't think, well, let's see, I knew I was a failure because that's how they're talking to me and I must be completely wrong. Well, maybe I'm not completely wrong, you know? And so don't be hypersensitive to criticism because most times people are just trying to help. At the same time, you want to set some boundaries. So if people are all the time putting you down, then there is a problem there and you want to talk and say, do you realize that when you talk the way you make me feel like that? So that remember your boundaries, very important, going back to the other point. I can't remember which number it was. Let's go to number nine. This could be a whole podcast episode on its own, but we all have a little critical voice inside us that is trying to stop us from achieving something good and telling you you can't do this. Okay, so just ask yourself sometime, where is this voice coming from? What kind of voice is it? Is it a man? Is it a woman? Is it coming from a past? Is it mommy or daddy? Is it the person in school, the teacher? What is this voice and what is the role of this? And in one way or another, this voice that is trying to stop you is trying to protect you from pain, from rejection. And back again, quoting the McCain Fanning study, there is a sentence I want to quote. It says, how does the critic help you in this or other similar situations? Think about it. Let it just simmer with you, you know? And what are you scared that might happen if a critic were silenced? Take a minute just to think about that. What would happen if instead of having a critical voice, you had a cheerleader that says, you can do this. You can do this. Number 10, final and very important, change the story that you've been telling yourself. We all have a, a story, don't we? It's a story that is based on our perception of what happened to us and why this happened or what we did wrong. So where does this story come from? Is it a true story? Where does this voice come from? So sometimes we have negative expectations that are based on these past events. And if we keep repeating in our mind the things are bad because we were bad or the other person was bad and, you know, that's going to be always like that, this is going to be a very familiar, a very true statement. It becomes more and more familiar until we think that it's true. But if you were to go back to your journal, if you had one, or watching a movie, sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, Sometimes the event, the exam, the failed test, whatever, wasn't exactly as we think. There were little things that were not quite right. And we might change this by accessing this memory. And we get this story that is not quite the right story, or if it's correct, it is not helpful. So what we need to do is to make the familiar unfamiliar, and the unfamiliar, cheerful, positive person familiar. And ask ourselves every day, what do I wish I believe about me? What do I believe, what do I want to believe about my chances to have success? These are the questions. And the final question 
And I use this question a lot, is what story do I need to tell myself in order to feel good about this goal? So I can get planning, I can get going, I can get the energy. Because it's only after you say yes to that goal, you start working. It's only when you walk to that university and open the door and go and get those papers, then you can get that degree. But if you just sit down thinking, I'm not clever enough, I can never study, I can't remember anything, you're not going to get there, but you have to walk there. So you have to visualize yourself, you walk into that university, go around there, pick up a leaflet, do something and see that this is possible. Of course, these are the 10 tips that are about inner work. But one final tip is about the outer work, and that is to surround yourself with people who believe in you and in your success, who will lift you up, who will not just tell you about all the bad stuff that can happen to you, but will also tell you, maybe in a sandwich manner, yes, this can be a thing that can be difficult, you might even fail, but we know you can do this. You will get some benefits, so, you know, the, the person will be there for you. I remember about 25 years ago, 24, I was about to go on a mission for my church and I was very, very excited and I was going to be sent abroad and I had some people that kept telling me, oh, it's going to be so difficult, it's going to have so much sacrifice, oh, you're just going to feel so tired, it's going to be just very, very negative and um, and I thought, wow, this is so depressing (laughs) and then I had another group of people and they were very positive and they kept saying, you can do this, Franz, you're the best, you can do this, you're the best. And I just loved how I felt when I was with these people. And a year later, I was with these people, going to my missionary training center and getting trained to then serve for 18 months. And it was an amazing thing. And I have to say, that was the happiest period of my life. And it was really tough. And there was a sacrifice to go, but I enjoyed every minute. And the big thing was I had to believe in myself. I had to believe I could do this. And I needed people who were encouraging and positive about this. And maybe realistic, but also helpful. And they would tell me, you can do this. And as they did that, I felt this huge energy. And I did something really important for me, which is to go outside, do something new, throw myself into this new situation and come back with a victory. I've done something that most people think, oh my gosh, are you mad? I've done it. I was able to make another step in my path, in my journey to happiness. And I'm so glad I did. So I really hope that you have enjoyed this episode and that you will be able to be your own cheerleader and surround yourself with people who are helpful and encouraging and if you need more help because maybe you are stuck in this cycle of thinking negatively come to me and I will help you that's my job that's what I do every day so you know where to get me it's francsydney.com but also just send me a message on messenger you can find me on facebook and there are lots of other places if you google my name I'm there the podcast has all the links you need so make sure you contact me and if you like this episode You can always share it with somebody that might benefit from it so that more people can find some help and develop more self-confidence so they can create the life that they really want. 
So thank you so much for being with me and I wish you an amazing week. Take care. You've listened to Create with Franz Sidney.